0: Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of the Once Bitten Podcast and thank you so much to long-time listeners. Lauren and I crossed another milestone just last week. We released our 400th episode of the Once Bitten Podcast, a project that started back in January of 2020 and here we are, closing in on January 2024. What a ride. What a ride. Thank you everybody for everything you you've done to help the show doesn't matter how you've done that you might have shared it liked it subscribed to it reviewed it even been part of it so many of you players have come on the show to come and put your neck on the line and share your stories i appreciate every single one of you i love you come and say hi at the conferences get to madeira first to the third of march use the code bitten for a 10% discount, get to Prague. Again, use the code BITTEN, get a 10% discount. Screw it, try the code BITTEN at any conference and see if you get a discount. And if you don't, DM me and I'll then get hold of the organizers to see if we can figure out a way for you to get a discount. You've got to get out there and meet people. Believe me, that is just, if you haven't done that yet, make that, put that on your. Top of things to do for January 2024. Make that a New Year's resolution. Meet a pleb. You've got to. Because if you don't, you're missing out on the most magical part of this whole thing. When you connect with like-minded people, with Bitcoiners, something magical happens. There is an energy that is just instantly different. And if you don't ever experience that, you'll never be able to call me a woo-woo, woo-wah, like you know, for even bringing this kind of stuff up because you have to feel it to believe it so download orange pill app go and check it out it's like three four bucks a month that keeps the crypto bros away that keeps away all of the noise and all of the bots and it's just pure signal on there if you're lucky someone's going to be living close by you can go and meet for a coffee or a beer if you're even luckier there's going to be an event nearby or use it when you travel when you land in a new country open it up what's going on where are the plebs how can i plug into the local community where are the events this is what we've got to do to build out the social layer of bitcoin make sure you're stacking sats you've got swan bitcoin in the us you've got Hoddle Hoddle globally for kyc free sats and you have relay here in europe you can download the relay app and start stacking up to a thousand swiss or equivalent per day per day that's all you have to do you can be buying bitcoin within under a minute you can use wasabi wallet.io to create yourself a coin CoinJoin wallet and receive Bitcoin, have it coin joined in front of your eyes for you. And you need to take cold storage. If you're not doing that, that's top of your Christmas list. You have to ask for one of those, but please buy from a trusted source, straight from the source. Don't get onto Amazon or any kind of reseller. Go straight to the source. You can use BitBox02, hit the link in the show notes and use the code bitten, and you will get a 10% discount. Excuse me, 5%. Uh, and uh, lastly, Check your transactions, check out what's going on in the mempool. Lots and lots of noise in there at the moment, lots of traffic. We know who did it. They will not win. Get over to mempool.space. And finally, enjoy this episode with Terence Michael. Nice computer. Recording in progress, Terence, How are you? Yep, I see it blinking on my side, so we're good. <laughs> good to go. Um, All right, man. Nice to meet you. You too. Both of you. Yeah. Well, Lauren, go for it. Far away. What's your question?
1: Why did you write a book? Um, I wrote a book
2: because in my circles, which mostly are Hollywood with movies and TV shows, and in real estate, there's a lot of people that seemingly have a lot of money, but also a lot of money problems. And I wanted to write something for them that I know that would speak to them and that they would understand using story, using analogies, using metaphors um, to help them see a superior money. So I titled it Proof of Money because my thesis is really that we've never ever throughout history had money. We've always had attempts, surrogates, coupons, um, and finally, for the first time ever with the arrival of Bitcoin, we finally have what we've been looking for.
0: This is why, Lauren. I like to say we're—it's a financial evolution, not a financial revolution. So, Terence is coming to the same kind of conclusions that I am—that uh, we, as a species, are evolving again onto um, the purest medium of exchange that we're likely ever to discover. This is it. Mm. Absolutely
2: because for oh. the first time we've actually created it Lauren we've as you know we've engineered it and before we had to find it in a river or on the top of a mountain or you know dig it up somewhere
1: yeah but everyone knows evolution does take a long time
0: yeah but now we're doing it in the digital realm and it's it's going way quicker than anybody could ever have imagined so Bitcoin is only 14, right? It's only a
1: teenager.
0: Mm. But look yeah, it's a good are. point. Think about how long
2: it used to take to deliver a message to someone, right? On camelback or via pigeon or, you know, eventually even the mail, which still takes three, four, five days. And now it's just whoosh, sent.
1: What's camelback? What? Well, ah. you
2: know, just maybe someone in Saudi Arabia riding on a Camel with a note to deliver to the king and oh, have to go yeah, over of the same Sorry,
1: I thought, yeah. sorry, I completely missed. Did you that. think
0: Camelback was a, another shit coin or something I Camelback <laughs> was
1: something that you use like back then on your old crappy computers? I was like, oh, all yeah. yeah, like...
0: right, system, yeah,
2: well, it was, yeah, before the computers, yeah, long before you,
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so kind of a big deal, kids,
1: just kind of,
0: mm-hmm. mm. as uh. As we evolve onto this um, new era.
1: But what's scary is that since we're always going to be evolving,
0: uh-huh.
1: Bitcoin will will be evolved and then we'll be thrown.
0: Oh, that's, that's for thousands of years in advance for people to figure out. Right now, we just got to get it right this time around and then they can carry it on, uh, you know, if they ever need to. They might not ever need to, like, you know, mm. this is... How long has it been? Well, look at the length of the human timeline. And here we are now just discovering increasing digital scarcity, which still blows my mind. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah.
2: I mean, or just, or look at the wheel, Lauren, like, you know, we improve upon it, but fundamentally it's still just a round circle made from math. And we don't know who the inventor of the wheel is. We don't know where it came from, but we all use it in our own special way and we can improve upon it, but it's really just a round
0: circle. Excellent analogy, actually, the wheel. I love this one. I think Canute used it in one of his books. I can't remember if it was um, everything divided by 21 million or not, but the the wheel uh, had been in use for other purposes before it became the wheel as we know it today, right? Uh, So... In fact, they used to have it laying horizontal, and they would use wheels to crush grain okay. to make flour. Then some bright spark just stood it up vertically, and they're like, "Oh, look, we can use this now <laughs> to transport stuff." But that wheel wasn't perfect, and it wasn't perfect because they were not using the foundational mathematical properties of pi. You know, that wheel might have been three point one six five nine nine or so. It wasn't three point one four one and it You know, so it wasn't perfect. It took somebody else to then take that idea and then codify it into the perfect wheel that we have today and then everything going forward. I mean, we have wheels of all kinds of different shapes and sizes, but it all comes back down to that foundational unit of pi, and that's what we build every single wheel on going forward. Otherwise, you'd end up with a hexagonal wheel, and that's a shit coin, and that's like hex.
1: Hexagonal (laughs) wheels okay yeah <laughs> you drank too much coffee
0: <laughs> anyway say thank you to terrence and yeah. then uh, we'll carry on with the.
1: anyways thank you bye
0: thank you i appreciate it lauren all right so we can't let that one sit you've you mentioned that's the, favorite. Hollywood that's the best part and, uh, hollywood and movies and uh, real estate so everybody loves a rabbit hole story and a little bit of background uh, who are you? Where do you come from? You, I, I hadn't heard of you until you reached out and said, I've written a Bitcoin book. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I've been listening to it. Thank you for doing an audible. That is so helpful. Uh, and you narrate it and you narrate it perfectly. So, uh, I'm sure that's some of your background career coming through there as well. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What What's going on?
2: So, uh, let's see the, uh, I'll I'll do the quick version just stop me if it's if it's too quick but um so I I studied business and I didn't know what to do with that I didn't study filmmaking but I figured well f- films need to need to be made so I'll become the businessman of film so I started a movie company right out of college fortunately I found success pretty quickly and that I was able to raise some money and meet the right people um after making 20 feature films I got a little burnt out. um, And I also got a little um, tired of the money-making process and uh, of the money-raising process. So I went into television where as a producer, it's a little bit more creative where I often write the first episode or will even direct the first episode. um, And it's much faster and you're not asking for money. You sell it and a network funds it and that's it because there's really no such thing as an independent television industry. It's, um, It's very rare. So I did that. And I started to see how money was broken because me and all my friends couldn't get a mortgage. We all were making really good money in Hollywood and yet we couldn't get houses. And the banks really just wanted someone who had a you know regular income at a IBM and you'd been there for 20 years and you know something that you can verify income. We're just like a traveling circus, right? We're all gypsies and we make really good money. And then it's dry for six months and then you make good money. And so it's scary, and I, which I get. So I formed a mortgage brokerage company for Hollywood, and which I still run to this day. And I, I write the mortgages for a lot of people in Hollywood because we change the narrative of how they make money so that the banks um, will understand that. And so going through that mortgage process in real estate, I started to see all the statements, the financial statements, I started to see how people traded, how they saved for retirement, the mutual funds and stocks and whatnot. And I just started to see how broken it was that we were all having to have these second jobs just to secure our first job and that everyone was looking for side hustles. Just Hollywood alone, as well-paying as it is, wasn't enough. So you know, I've written a couple of books. One was a self-improvement book, and another one was um, a real estate book. And really, just speaking to people in Hollywood in how to um, how to sort of monetize your skills and your passions. And some of it seems a little woo-woo when I look back at it now. But you know, all the things that, as I came into Bitcoin, I discovered helped solve that we can have this pure money that can take our preferences and our choices and honor them and let us be good at whatever our trade is. Um, I mean, you think about the whole reason that they're called trades. I mean, originally we're supposed to be able to just specialize in one thing and trade it for something else. And, and I was like, well, how come all of these people in Hollywood that are making this great money or that are eventually getting into real estate and making good money? Like, why are they all continuing to have issues and having to take risks? And then of course, with the 2008 collapse, which, of course, as we know, where you know the birth of the the white paper was from Satoshi. I mean, I was right in the thick of that. I mean, I was a broker. I, all these people had these loans. Lots of my friends and family, my my girlfriend, you know, all lost their homes. And um, I know a lot of them have to take some personal responsibility and accountability for that, like they were their loans. But at the same time, you know, we encouraged that. Um, that was the fiat system we were in. And you know, as you know having been in the financial markets and forex and whatnot, it it becomes this game. It's like this external um, scoring system. And, and, you know, that's how we we speak to people. And it's how we sort of validated some of our worth and ego. And, you know, what movies have you produced? What TV shows did you do? You know, how many houses do you have? And, you know, and with you, it might be like a, a great trade you did. And um, so that's the quick just nutshell of me. Uh, so coming from story, coming from. Uh, every movie, you know, there's only like seven stories in Hollywood, right? We're just telling the same story over and over. It's all the the hero's journey. And, you know, what's the obstacle and where do you want to be and how do you transform and what lessons do you learn from it? And it's the same thing with Bitcoin, like I went through it. You probably. Went, I went through that same hero's journey, and you know, I met the wrong people, and I went down the wrong path, and I needed my mentors. I needed to. I needed the big ordeal to be resurrected and return with the elixir, and you know, all these steps that we know, um, you know, story. We need to go through these same steps, or it's not fulfilling. And so I thought, well, I could take some of this that I've learned in Hollywood, and I can take the massively broken system in. Uh, passive real estate income. I'm not talking about if someone really wants to own their own home. I get that. I I appreciate that. But all the people that don't want to be landlords, don't want to deal with toilets and trash and tenants, it's like, and, you know, don't need to be at Home Depot on midnight and figuring out all these things or running Airbnb businesses. All of these things that I've done, I've flipped over 20 homes. I had half a dozen Airbnbs. I did all this and I thought I was a genius but it was very, very broken. Um, I, it was exhausting. And, you know, I almost killed myself, not suicidally, but, you know, uh, metaphorically um, with how hard I worked. That I wanted, when I found Bitcoin and I saw how many things it solved in so many disciplinary areas, I thought this is just incredible beyond just even a financial asset that I wanted to just share it with the world and wanted to devote it most of my time for that. So I do very, little Hollywood now and very little real estate now and do mostly Bitcoin education. I still have toes in those places um, because there are still things that inspire me and things that I want to do, but I get to say no a lot. And I get to try to bring those skills to Bitcoin. Like I'm developing a couple of projects with Tomer now, and you know, a couple of them might be really big sci-fi movies and who knows if they'll happen. And some of them might be smaller, but it's like, oh, here's Tomer. Okay. He's a writer. I'm a producer. Let's talk. And, you know, and Um, So I'm trying to do my best. And my entrance was the book. You know, I had like six followers on Twitter before the book because I didn't know a soul. And I would drive by the Pacific Bitcoin Festival in Santa Monica, which is like just a few miles from my house and look in and, and I would be like, oh man, I wish I could go there. But who am I? I don't know anybody. I want to contribute something. And carrying over sort of what I knew from Hollywood, it's like, the first 3 years i would go to film festivals like sundance and can and stuff but i didn't i'd never produced anything and i felt like a complete idiot and i was almost treated that way like you would meet someone and oh who are you oh, i'm a producer oh great what have you done nothing like er, you know the head turns swivels so fast and moves on to the next person and in bitcoin it wasn't like that like I, they just accepted me with open arms and which was fantastic but um i just i just still wanted to share something i i I like creation over consumption, you know. I I like building um and so on one hand I I on one hand I think am I just saying the same thing everybody else is? Who needs another bitcoin book? You know, who needs another bitcoin podcast? Who need but maybe we're continuing to offer gateways and doors for people to continue to come in and someone may not go back to listen to a podcast 2 years ago so maybe this is what we need to do and maybe I should stop rambling so <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is what we need to do uh, 100% and all right so you're giving me loads to go on here um one thing that um before we start unpacking it all uh at what point then throughout all of that journey did you what 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 was the what was the thing was it a youtube video was it a book who was it a friend how did bitcoin suddenly like present itself and what made you fall deep down into the rabbit hole and consume all of the content that we find ourselves consuming when we first you know get inspired by it so two things that that started my journey where
2: i didn't fully understand bitcoin i thought i did but i but I didn't. But but that really hooked me in. Two things. One was Ben Mezrich's book Bitcoin Billionaires, mm-hmm. and because that's a story of the Winklevi and you know yep. their second act after Facebook, uh, it caught me
0: because I love story. And, and Ben's again, in not fully right? understand. What's that? And Ben's in Hollywood, right? You know, he's done. Uh, yes, Ben's some of in his Hollywood. books have been made into films. So yes, the social that resonates yeah Yeah. he just did dumb money 21 Um, and come on ben 21 what are you doing
2: like he's so close
0: he's so (laughs) so he's infuriatingly close really
2: yeah (laughs) and he writes for the tv show billions which not everyone knows but um and anyways they're making that into a movie now um uh the winklevite uh movie Hmm. um which is great um so that started my intrigue and the story of them being in Cyprus and not having access to their money in this alternate system. And I thought, okay, well, they're not stupid. Like if they're onto something and still, I was just still thinking about it as an investment, as a trade, like, oh, I could make money with this thing. I didn't understand it for what we Bitcoiners now understand it to be. And secondly was then I had read somewhere I don't know from who or how, but about the mystery of Satoshi. And I thought, what the hell? This this sounds fake. This is science fiction. How could this person make this thing and disappear, take no money, no accolades, nothing, and just give it to her? I I didn't get that. And that fascinated me. I still want to make some kind of movie about the mystery of Satoshi, just the fact that it's a mystery and that we are all Satoshi and that it doesn't even matter. But it's just fascinating. And so I started reading about... Um, you know, Hal Finney and Nick Szabo and Adam Back and, you know, Len Sassaman and uh, all these different people. And like, well, was it the NSA? You know, is it the guy from Beautiful Mind, you know, or uh, a combination of all these people? And so none of that really told me about Bitcoin, but it told me that there was something special enough here that if someone were to make this an exit... um, and that the Winklevi, who at the time in the fiat world I looked up to and was like, "Wow, they, you know, uh, I should be so lucky to be them or or to do what they do," um, got me involved. And then, like all of us, bought Bitcoin, bought Ethereum, bought all the altcoins, uh, DeFi, leverage, CFI scams. Like, man, if it's there, I experienced it. I did it all, Daniel. It, I embarrassingly did it all, and I lived it. I lived it in real time because I have this private newsletter with just uh, people in my circles, just, you know, and I'm not looking for people. I don't want anyone to join. There's no way to join. This is just people that I've added over my time, right? But there's over a thousand of my real estate Hollywood people. And the whole time, oh my God, you guys, check this out. There's this thing called BlockFi. Like we're used to earning percentages and oh, now you should get CDs. Now you should, you know, raise the interest rates, right? We have to hurdle inflation. And so I lived everything in real time. and. It wasn't until unfortunately when we started to see that, that that's that the centralized finance platforms were scams, that's when I got fully orange peeled. that's what it really took for me. I was like, ah, now I freaking get it. And you know, every day I'm still learning more. Every day I'm seeing it from a new perspective. And um so yeah, that's so that's how I got that's how I got orange peeled. There wasn't a moment, but but I f- this is why I try. Like I am a maximalist, but I try not to be too toxic because I just try to think. Like I don't know it, it. The toxicity didn't work for me. I heard all those people. It didn't work for me. I I I had to get wrecked to to get say what what would be a good saying. I had to get wrecked to get well. I had to get I don't know to wake up.
0: You know something. I'll come up yeah. with something. Um, the hero's journey, man. Like
2: like yeah, the hero's saying. journey. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's Uh, how you were wired and most likely because of your, your past in, in Hollywood. So I hate to be that guy uh, at the cocktail party um, that you've come to abide, but she us some of the films you made. You said you'd made over 20 feature films. I'm sure a lot of people listening would love to know a little bit more. We, we always, you know, it's the, it's human nature to try and, uh, peek under the curtain of, uh, of other industries sure. and sectors and what really goes on and yeah. And other sure. people's successes and failures. So yeah. What what were some of the movies that people might know? And um, you know, we can get into the highs and lows of, of that lifestyle as well, if you like.
2: Well, sure. Well, I'll go backwards only because I've mostly just been doing, you know, television in the last decade. So that's, you know, some people may, you know, or depending on their age, may not even know some of my films, but like Duck Dynasty was one of my bigger TV shows um we did you know 14 15 seasons of that and um that was uh, um an incredible experience because um not only are those guys bitcoiners like they're bitcoiners before them knowing about bitcoin but they they live they literally live the proof of work life and you know that became the it became the because it still to this day holds the record for the the largest viewing audience on cable reality TV history. So, you know, that eventually became a musical on – in Vegas. Um, There were albums. There were best-selling New York Times books. Like, it just became this big brand. So… I mentioned Duck Dynasty just because I think it's been in about a hundred different languages and a hundred different countries. And, right.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I had to. Look uh, you know, because...
2: people remember the guys with beards and they hunted ducks, but you know, they loved God. <laughs> okay. They worked for their food. They were homeschoolers. They were homesteaders, um, and really, it was a scripted show. Like we had writers from Arrested Development and Modern Family, and you know, we wrote, but they were real people. We just wrote things for them to do. Which most reality, I mean, most people know that that's what reality is. They don't, we don't just turn on the cameras and they're doing something interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I did a lot of uh, reality shows like that. I did a show called Auction Hunters, which went for a hundred episodes, um, you know, where they would go to these storage units that weren't paid and they would auction and open them up and we'd dig through the treasure and yep. we'd learn what it was and sell those. it. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. So those were really popular in the day. And were Um, they really like, you had no idea what was behind the door or was there some kind of little Hollywood magic going (laughs) on as well?
2: Yeah, there was a little magic going on, you know, so that that, typical of all Hollywood. So we would buy real units, they would buy real units. There would be real stuff, but um, the network would want to be guaranteed that there's something really interesting there. And it just so happens, Daniel, that that thing, it,  … that they found would always have to um, explode or be visual, fly into the air. You know, a, a gun. Um, if we could have found an astronaut suit and gone to the moon, they would have loved that. And they right. wanted us to bring the items to life, right? So if they find something, it's not just you go and sell it. They have to try it on, right? They have to uh, see if it works. Um, so we would go around. We, we went to all, all over America. And so whatever city we were in, it was sort of related to the city that we would be in. But um, so there's a lot of uh, shows like that. I I stayed away from game shows and um, or Kardashians or things that were like um, that kind of reality that just just to get a rise out of people. Um, I like things that were there. We call them like dramas where it was occupational and they were doing something real, um, right. like the Duck Dynasty guys, or like you know boxers, or you know whatever. So we did a lot of about that. that. Um, going back into film, um, I did a lot of um, teen comedies. Um, I did a movie called A uh, Hundred Girls, and then a sequel called A Hundred Women. These were for uh, Lionsgate. Um, uh early on my in my career I did a film with a a very young little Scarlett Johansson um and we became uh friends and she did 3 movies with me now all when she was really young and before she became big so that was that was a lot of fun um have done um let's see I'm trying to think what oh some some movies you might know well so uh I developed what was supposed to be the sequel to the movie Speed um but something else became Speed and this became its own movie but this was uh they were on this ice cream truck and the ice the temperature couldn't uh, uh rise be, be, be above a certain temperature before you know this thing was going to blow up and um, but that became a movie called Chill Factor with Cuba Gooding Jr which was a big Warner Brothers movie and um and most of my films have sort of been like uh, Sundance and South by Southwest film festival things. And I want to say a little over half of them were sold to the studio. So MGM or Universal or whoever would release it. But for the most part, they were art films. And the reason why is because, you know, sort sort of thinking like a Bitcoiner before I knew I was a Bitcoiner, I I think in only one or two cases did I allow the studio to finance any of my films. I always financed them by raising my own money. Like we wanted to have control of the career. We wanted to make our film. And then afterwards, we would have these screenings and send out links or whatever. And whoever was the highest buyer, we sold it. And then we would go to the 180 other countries at the markets and sell it. And so we'd piece it together. And it was a lot of work, but it was more enjoyable. It's just less people end up seeing your film because you're not making the Titanic. You're making a Three million dollar independent movie. Um, let me see. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. You gave us. Uh, you gave us a lot Kinda, of. Uh... Yeah, and a lot of Hollywood is development. You know, it's like one in maybe fifty things you develop get made. You know, it's like I wrote a screenplay with Robert Downey Jr., but it's never got made, and it's probably not going to get made because not long after he went and did a little movie called Iron Man, and his career changed. So, mm-hmm. um. There's a lot of uh a lot of r and d, so to speak in Hollywood as I think most people know that, but
0: um. yeah, I I I'm sure there's a lot of um under the table work going on as well and backstabbing and it, it, there's a lot of money at stake, right? So whenever there's a lot of money at stake, the incentives, as we know in a fiat world are always misaligned and uh, will generally bring out people's worst behavior rather than their best behavior. Absolutely. Which is why I'm so bullish about Bitcoin changing that whole uh, industry and what a powerful industry it is for relaying messages, right? This is what it is built upon. This is what it does. And I had Graham Rittner on the other day. He was the producer of Dare to Dream. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie yet about the El Salvador story um, going onto a Bitcoin Oh, yes,
2: yes. Yep. I
0: know of it. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So, um,
2: he, John Ballas is in that, right? That's right. Exactly that. Okay. Uh, yeah. and he I was just a podcast. player, never a produced
0: guy. a movie in his life. So if if these guys can do it, somebody with your background and your connections and your network, when you get around to making your Bitcoin movie, whether it's Thomas science science fiction novel, uh, novel, <laughs> whatever that turns out to be, or script, whatever it is you're working on, and love you, Toma. Keep writing, let's go. Because when this movie gets made, I I say to my 16 year old daughter all of the time, I'm like, we have so much for kids aged under 10. We have everything for adults. We have nothing for 10 to 18 year olds. There's nothing. Mm. There's no Satoshi, uh, like superhero comic, sci fi. Um, uh, anime type thing that would really hit home to that market and they are the ones with the smartphones in their hands that are going to download a wallet so we're missing something uh, and I'm just waiting for uh, someone like yourself, like Toma bam here it is Have have your tween and teenage kids watch this movie
1: yeah
2: no, I, I agree. And like when you look at movies like whether it's The Matrix or The Big Short or, you know, we're so close to having a Bitcoin movie. Like we're we're very adjacent. And I think it needs to be subtle like that. So it's not Bitcoin, you know, but but Bitcoin can subtly be the hero or the reason or the solution to, uh, to something. And that's why I like the mystery of Satoshi because that's just an every man's story. Like you don't even really need to talk about Bitcoin. It can just end with it. But it's like who is this person like how fascinating that we don't know how could someone do this and just vanish in today's digital age how are there no fingerprints anywhere like th- that's just incredible um so yeah it's like i would like and that's partly what i'm trying to do by networking and meeting people and it's like you know who can i meet who can i collaborate with how can i help with my skills you know how do we get out there and I didn't realize that that you're right that like the, the 10 to 18 crowd that cuz I, I think are yeah wow there's a hole there isn't there mm-hmm. yeah and guess who is the average age going audience it's like 14 year olds you know yep.
0: yeah it's uh it's very exciting because that you know once um once somebody cracks the little code there for um getting the eyeballs and the attention uh of of that age group then, yeah, we're really off to the races. And and I hope uh, a lot of families will be coming to the Madeira conference because we hope to have a whole area for kids um, oh. and a stage with kids, uh, teenagers on the stage asking questions of the panel. Uh, and then we can really start, okay, let what questions do they have? How can we answer them? And how can we craft our message to that age group as well? So, yeah, lot lots of work to be done for sure so the book uh it's a labor of love as we know you don't just wake yes, up one day you know. and say right i'm i'm going to write a book you usually uh procrastinate for at least 6 months before you actually get going what what was the what was the process what was the uh, the flow like for you how did it all go oh you mean like the actual mechanics
2: of the writing part yeah mm. So I knew I wanted to have 21 chapters, right? Cute. And I knew I wanted each chapter to be roughly 21 minutes in audio form. Um, I was thinking about the audio book first since I figure most people want that. And I'd learned from releasing books before that Amazon's SEO favors having as many uh, formats available as possible. Like if someone's going to get to your book, they want as many ways to sell that book as possible. And they also favor the author doing their own narration. So Um, Rather than reach out to Guy Swan, I said, okay, I'll just do this myself. Um, So knowing that, I then, it was very selfish, Daniel. I said, what are the areas of Bitcoin that I like to think I know, but I don't know really well? And so I would take an area, whether it was mining or just energy in general, um, or even inflation. Um, So some of the, the, the general fundamentals. And... I would read everything I could. I would listen to everything I could. And I just collected notes on just that chapter, right? Like some mining, it was a ton of stuff from Daniel Batten, ton of stuff from Troy Cross and, you know, um, reading actual reports. And then um, synthesizing my own thoughts in a way where I, I was trying to write to someone younger and I was trying to write to um, also boomers and, you know, like my parents and, you know, who, who – Who doesn't understand this? So it's like, I'm not going to just say, oh, there's this minor. It's like, oh, well, there's this shoeboxed computer that's like a space heater. You know, once I had once I um, so so it was getting those 21 chapters. uh, Once I once I had those 21 chapters and I fully understood the information, then I then I was able to lay it out in a way where. I I think similar to other Bitcoin books do this um, where you lay out the problem first you know before you can sort of show them the solution. But I tried to do it in a way that we do in Hollywood where we drop we we drop seeds and hints and which is why like if you read the first two three four chapters I'm dropping hints that don't really explain and people are like wait what you know. um, But I'm hoping to add a little bit of suspense and you know get there some some of the more technical things and the book isn't very technical but there's a three chapter arc where i borrow the characters from the tv show friends and i use them to help explain how nodes work and how miners work and you know they meet this mysterious guy in their new york coffee shop named satoshi and i just thought it was helpful because people have a hard time getting through that part like how what How does Bitcoin actually work? We get all of these metaphors and analogies, but what is it really technically doing? And I thought, I want to really tackle that. That was one of the most challenging. I spent half my time just trying to figure that part out because I also, I just needed to learn it myself. It's like, how does this really work? Um, And because I knew uh, um, a lot of my circles in Hollywood would read this, I wanted to spend time on the devastation in the other countries. I wanted to spend time on what inflation really is because they don't really understand it. They're like, oh yeah, things get more expensive. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? It's But it, but it's not supposed to be that way. And so I wanted to spend time on that and bringing that through um, other countries and what's what's going on in these other countries that people aren't even aware of. Like we're, we're so sequestered in a bubble over here and in Los Angeles, like people have no idea. So that just... Uh, so what was my pro? Oh, so now I'll finally answer your question. Um, I only wrote for like two two hours a day. That was it. Like I would be too exhausted. It was all walking, thinking, voice memos, and then write. Um, and as you know, as a writer, Daniel, it's like anyone can really write. It's like, it, it, and my very first book, I sloppily wrote because I thought writing was just writing, and it wasn't until you know I finally learned. And especially with this book, that it's all about editing. And so I was ruthless just killing my babies, cutting out sentences, shaving syllables, just trying to make it as nutrient dense as possible so that you know you aren't having to spend too much time on going through nonsense. So I don't think my book it necessarily benefits other Bitcoiners. It there's lots of there's some fairly big Bitcoiners that have read it and really love it and appreciate it, but they, it's all stuff that they know. Like you, you're probably not hearing anything new in my book, but it maybe is just a different way to um, help educate those that are no coiners or noobs.
0: And this is again and I and honestly point.
2: maybe I'm too. St- oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say this is the point I want everybody to understand. We, there aren't enough Bitcoin books. There aren't enough Bitcoin mm. articles. There aren't enough podcasts. There aren't enough YouTube videos. There aren't enough films. We are so still, still so so early, and then aren't enough languages. So uh you know, yeah all we have to, we 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 keep having to push forward because if we if we stop if we rest on our laurels if we go into this with the um like the mindset of oh, i've got something to say but all oh, well, the books have already been written anyway you know who am i and fall at the first hurdle of imposter syndrome we lose
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know?
0: so hats off to you man because you 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 did it you wrote it it's huge it's yeah. massive and you'll never know who you inspire or how many people? But it's out there, and it will do its thing. No, it's 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 great
2: to hear you say that. It's it, I was struggling, you know, halfway through, or not halfway through, but towards the end of my book, I was, I, I almost didn't put it out. I said, I'm just going to keep this for myself. I learned so much, you know. You often write for yourself, not for others. And um, Corey Clipston from Swan said, "No, like." Like just what you said, he said, you have to get it out there. Just your just your circle of people. If only they read it, it's it's so helpful. And I said, Okay, um, I won't be worried, I'll just get it out there. And, and to be honest, um, and, and maybe I'm just stupid in some areas, but I had purchased a few Bitcoin books. Honestly, I haven't read that many. I think I'm familiar with a lot of the information. I had some of them because some of them were
0: Yeah, go Did ahead. I lose you? Yeah, no, I lost your audio for a second. But uh, yeah, you were saying- Okay, you had sorry, a bunch
2: I'm of- back. Sorry about that. Yeah, Apple Music suddenly just flipped on. Um, <laughs> I, I found them either too economics heavy or too engineering heavy or computer science heavy. Um, and I know it must just be me because some of these books are ridiculously popular and helpful. And I probably should go back and read them now that I understand Bitcoin better. But I thought, nope, you know- my friends that are on Robinhood and trading Tesla and Amazon and meme stocks and all that's like, how do I talk to them? My friends that are that have a, you know, two or three rentals and Airbnb businesses, but they're exhausted and don't want to be running those, like, how do I speak to them? And um and I'm sure there's a lot of good books that do that. And that's my problem. It's like I maybe I took the hard route. I I spent all that time writing when I probably just sort of just read a few more books and said, ah, here it is. This is the book I need to recommend to people. But I'm just now realizing how many books. there. I thought there were only like five books or so when I started my book. I obviously didn't do deep research. And now I see there's probably a hundred Bitcoin books or more, but you're right. How many fiat books are there, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm.
0: All on the same topic as well, you know? Uh, yeah, so all that... on the same topic. We, so, we... I mean,
2: even you as a trader, I mean, how many trading books? I mean, there's oh. so many. <laughs>
0: just so many so many all saying the same slight same same exact thing in a slightly different way and uh all of the technical analysis books and all of that kind of is just pure yeah. charlatans like trying to drag you in and we'll get them into the bitcoin space soon as well we'll have very bad bitcoin books ri- uh, written uh <laughs> hopefully we as a community can can out them um sooner yes. rather than later uh, but at the moment, for the most part, I've read God knows how many or listened to God knows how many as well. Uh, all are excellent in their own way and coming from a point, they're coming from integrity and humility. No one's writing these books to try and get rich, you know? No. Safe didn't write the Bitcoin standard because he thought he might sell. You know, millions of copies translated into 25 different languages no he had he had some shit on his chest he needed to yes. get off <laughs> it's the worst
2: way to try to make money is to write yeah. a book <laughs> the worst and,
0: and that's you know and he is the uh shining example of somebody who sells a lot of books in the space but it, it, he didn't set out with that mindset and uh for anybody listening right. i just wrote an article just um a week ago, and it was uh, published by Consensus. Thank you, Consensus Network. A great place All to buy books. Uh, if, for those listening, um, bitcoinbook.shop, and you can get um, 10% discount on any books and they ship globally if you pay via the Lightning Network. And you also get 10% if you use uh, the code BITTEN from the show, because I try and help show the guys and they host my book on there and they sell that. And uh, it's they they translate as many books as they can into as many different languages as well. And that just a pleb initiative, just plebs doing plebby things. None of them had ever published books before. And now they're a publishing house and they're trying to run a business on a Bitcoin standard. That's and great. It's it, it, These are the kind of um, uh, like pioneers we need in the space. Uh, I forgot where I was going with all of that. Um, basically books, education. Yes. Yeah, I read I your old Coppernose article. Yeah, so article. I, I wrote an article about... Um, it was called the Great De- the Great Debasement, and this happened during the the reign of King Henry the Eighth. And yes. in the UK curriculum, them. the school curriculum, you learn about King Henry the Eighth is part of the history. And I was like, okay, well, I thought I knew about King Henry the Eighth and all of his wives and his murderous exploits and uh, cutting cutting out his own religion so he could get out of a marriage and all of that you know you do all of that and you remember the dates and you remember the wives like, oh wait hang on a minute what's this great debasement what, what, what's this he used to be called old copper nose why was he called old copper nose and that took me down a rabbit hole and i um i was taking down that rabbit hole because of another book called fraud coin written by rune ostergaard uh and that is about a uh, thousand years of inflation as a policy and he has Ten or fifteen different historical accounts of inflation. Um, wow, throughout human history, and, and what we're dealing with today. Did I think anyone would read the article? I didn't care. Doesn't matter. I wrote it, sent it off to consensus. They edited it, Rune edited it, and bam, they put it up. And now it's on Looking Glass as well. Uh, so it's it's out there now, uh, and this is what we need more of. So. Anyone listening, pick up your pen. Let's go.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a great article. I love the story of old copper nose. And I, I love that his ego was so big that he had to face the coin rather than yeah. the profile. And so, you know, his nose would rub off. And like Pinocchio, you knew he was lying. You'd see the red nose just yep. poking out. And just, it's fantastic. Ab-
0: absolutely amazing. So mortgage business. Well, you must view that differently now through a Bitcoin lens. That that's definitely uh, like a full-on fiat game. Uh, how? Yeah. It's, what was it's, your big? Biggest... It's the money printer. It's literally yeah. printing money. It literally is. And this is again what a lot of people don't understand. It literally, you take is. a mortgage out when you or, or any loan, any loan, whether it's for your car, for your washing machine, for your sofa. Whenever you're buying something on loaned money. You have literally green lit the bank to counterfeit money into the system, so you are debasing everybody else around you, and this is and, and this is right. the thing that billionaires do as well, right people such Mark Zuckerberg's a great example he the story is he bought like three or four of his neighboring houses so he could have more privacy. yeah, right so let let's let's see. He buys those houses. <laughs> He's a billionaire. He could cut a check for those houses. I guarantee you banks were falling over themselves to offer him ridiculously low interest rate loans because his credit would have been so good. He would have taken the loans. Therefore, a billionaire taking loans out to the tune of, let's say, 5 million is debasing the purchasing power of every other person around him because he just greenlit the bank to go ahead and print that money, counterfeit it. Is, it's basically counterfeiting. So the bank counterfeits- That's them. right. That lowers the purchasing power of all the existing dollars in the system. He gets his five houses. They all go up in value. We get a little bit poorer. This is what we're fighting. That's it, right. Unwinnable. So you just have to exit and get onto a different system. Yeah. Mark's-
2: Neighbors who want just one house for utility have to pay that monetary premium, if they can even afford it, to get up there. So they're having to print more money, and it just becomes this exponential feedback loop of more money printing. And that's what's beautiful about Bitcoin, to hopefully help demonetize some of that and let us have a better piggy bank than having to throw all these things in houses.
0: So how many... um, How many times have you had that conversation with with people in your circles now that uh, are deeply kind of ingrained in the idea of cheap credit, cheap money, keep keep churning out the wheel, let's go, keep borrowing this is the only way you win in the fiat game, which it is like that you know sailors said this himself the only way you win in the fiat game is to take out as much money as you possibly can. Yeah
2: and that used to be me and I used to preach that. I wrote a book about that called Make Bank, which was all about leveraging it was for accredited investors. it was for all these vehicles and you know buying legal settlements and and bridge loans and it I I mean I was fully uh I don't know what the color of real estate would be, but whatever that color is, that was the color of the pill that I was taking um but I have these conversations every day now because you know people are are you know people are still fiat minded and so they're like oh is now a good time to buy real estate what if interest rates go down oh i can still buy this property i'll refi when it lowers blah 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 i want you know just yesterday someone called me who wants to do an airbnb um and this morning i just talked to someone who wants to buy a, a second house a, a neighboring house next to them cuz they think they can rent it out and with both of them i was like let me tell you about bitcoin and i don't think they were happy at first by me changing the subject, but I feel like with both of them, they're starting to think now like, oh, because because it's just a simple question. Do you really want to be a landlord? Do you really want this real estate? Or do you want what that says about you? Do you want to walk to a party and say, oh, I own this place in Nashville? Or do you want what the money can buy you? Because you have to be honest with yourself. If you really just want what the money can buy you and you don't need to flex, oh yeah, I own another home in Lake Arrowhead or in Austin. If that if that's really not you, then you should look at Bitcoin because it shouldn't matter. and it's it's so much more peaceful as well. And I can and I go down the numbers with them and blah blah blah. But, yeah, I'm having that conversation constantly, Daniel. it's 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 like, yeah, if someone really needs to buy a home and because they're raising a family and there's like a you know, there's a, a reason I, I I get it, and you know, they're going to be in this job for a while, yada, yada, I want to help them get in their home. that's 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 fine. I'm going to do that. But it's it's all of the people that are, um, you know, I mean, I had twenty pieces of property at one time, Daniel. Like, it, wow. I, I mean, I thought I was, I thought I was the king. I was like, what, you know, what is going on? And as I started to learn about Bitcoin, I've been selling them off, selling them off, sell, you know. And I still have maybe eight or ni- eight or nine left, but I just want to get rid of it all. I don't want it, you know. I I want more Bitcoin.
0: Wow that's it that, that that's a mind shift right there huh i uh, yeah
2: is, it's yeah. and so i had to incur the taxes i had mm. to take the capital gains taxes because that's why i had so many i'd been 1031ing you know mm. i would buy a loft that would become a fourplex that would become a 10plex you know and then buy another city and another city another city and i was taking retirement accounts and then buying them through the retirement accounts and i real estate to me like i i grew up just that's hey that's what you do they're not making any more of it. It's scarce. Well, we know that's not true, but it's like that's what I thought. But now that a better zip code has come along, man, I'll take Bitcoin zip code, you know, all day long.
0: That's so, wow. and I think like the the time and energy and expertise that you have to put into playing that game because they're forever changing the regulations as well, and they're forever yes. changing the uh, the percentages that you can borrow out or the the tax um, regime in whatever jurisdiction is suddenly changed on you and rates are suddenly changed on you, or you're suddenly locked into a um, a rent cap or something, God, exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, I I got a
2: subcontractor's license. I own every tool in Home Depot. I would have these trucks. I was flying around the country, driving everywhere. Like every spare moment I had, I was fixing something and i just thought that's what you do and it's just like the the you know if your time is what's the most valuable thing to you in your life if really if it's just time if that's really all that's scarce it's like wow all that wasted time just to chase inflation to have a little bit more money to carry into the future but i'm killing myself in the present to have that money in the future i don't know it just bitcoin made me realize just how broken it was and that i never cared about the real estate um i just cared about securing my purchasing power my excess contribution to society right i wanted to carry it forward in a more pure vessel and um real estate i thought was the purest form but but it wasn't and by the way that's a lot of that's not without risk you know not all of those um have succeeded and not all of those have made a lot of money and um you know there's lawsuits there's deterioration there's fires you know whatever there's bad tenants um, you know yeah. Uh it's just so much more peaceful. It's like I, I can think and I can breathe and I, I'm just happy, you know, with Bitcoin and multi-sig, you know, custody and so yeah, it's uh I feel bad on one hand because there are so many people in my circles who I've gotten into tons of income real estate, tons of it. Um I think they're probably doing okay in nominal terms, but I would like to get them over to something better.
0: Well, let's hope that they read your book or read your newsletter or um, take your advice. And I I would say probably um, a good intro for them, if they're not reading your own work would be Andy Edstrom's book, why buy Bitcoin? Uh, He Mm. wrote that as a, um, certified financial advisor with a fiduciary duty and actually lived up to his fiduciary duty and wrote a book about Bitcoin because that duty states that once you see an investment that could be of um, potential uh, gain for your clients, it is up to you to inform them fully of that. How many are breaking that is- Absolutely. uh, It's sickening, really, truly sickening because you can still ask now, any CFA, oh, and what about Bitcoin? And they'll just laugh you out of the room. They won't even think of putting That's like right. a, a little percentage of that into your portfolio. They're still singing from right. the same song sheet of those all of those books that we were talking about earlier. You know, diversify your portfolio. Make sure you've got X That's in bonds, right. X in stocks, X in fixed income, uh, you know, something yep. for a rainy day. <laughs> okay. You're not talking about Bitcoin. No. Nope. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 it's criminal. So you are definitely in a good position now to, to help people uh, understand that there is something afoot here. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, your book and your connections and your network uh, will help many more people unlock their brains because they're, they're so closed-minded yeah, no,
2: absolutely. I mean, and it's one reason why I'm in favor of the Bitcoin ETFs because on one hand, it's going to give a vote of confidence to all the registered investment advisors and all the people that you know are trying to pump people into bonds and whatnot. And even if it's just a tiny percent, we know that's going to be in the right direction because then our orange pilling becomes, okay, you have some Bitcoin. Let me show you the better way to own it. You know, it's like, great, you have one or two percent there now you want more. You see what it's doing let's get you over because, you know, now, now, as we know, it's just difficult for some people to even own, own commodities. And some companies can't do it. And Mm -hmm. um, it's, but but there's ways you just have to research. I mean, I physically own it and physically hold my own keys in my IRA, my own Bitcoin. I didn't realize that was possible, but the further, you know, I now work at the Bitcoin advisor and we bring over high net worth individuals and family offices, and we help people inheritance solutions and all that. And so I've learned so much about, you know what? You anyone can own Bitcoin and you can own it in any ways. You just it might it just takes a few steps. It takes some work, right? You need to mm-hmm. you need to prove your work to actually own this beautiful asset.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on the ETF. I mean we can scream about it as much as we like. What will be will be it's looking like it's coming. So let's use it as a Trojan horse. Let's use it against them. Yes. But, you know, it's it, it's beautiful because it's going to de-risk. Uh, the asset and re-alight the conversation perhaps we've been having with our parents for God knows how long. They might That's now right. sit up and like, oh, right, okay, oh, I see an ETF. It's like, yeah. Now, we could be pricks at that point. And like, I've been fucking telling <laughs> you that. Or right. you take the opportunity with humility, you stay humble, um, which, you know, the classic meme is, you know, the guy with the red buttons. You know, it's like, stay humble or fuck that shit, you know. <laughs> When the time comes. <laughs> boop, boop. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, well, look, it's happening. Yes. Um, it's already happened in Europe. We have uh, a Bitcoin ETF in Europe. It didn't make so much noise because yeah. well, we're not American. You know? We we, right. we don't have the US dollar. We don't Canada, have eyes yeah, on the... Um, right, exactly. So as soon as, as, soon as it does get um, the green light and uh, BlackRock come out with all of their marketing propaganda... And um, companies that have been interested in getting that exposure, but aren't able to, because one, they're not allowed to, because uh, you know it's not considered uh, an investable asset. So therefore, it's just not even right available to them. That changes. It's not in their charter. They
2: need board approval.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that well, that's why why I'm kind of excited that there's. Yeah, I was going to say that changes in 2024. Oh, I was going to say that's why I'm kind of. Oh, we, we seem to have a little lag. Sorry, listeners, one second. I'll just get I, this one out. Uh, yeah, it's
2: my bad. I didn't, I didn't.
0: yes, yeah. sorry. Okay, uh, so we have uh, that changing in 2024, the ETFs coming through. And then in 2025, we have the um, the fair value accounting rules kicking in. Uh, so therefore you'd be able to account differently with Bitcoin on your balance sheet. So Saylor's got a busy year ahead of himself, Orange pulling as many boards as he possibly can. And then just sit back, Stack your sats, stay humble, self-custody, and watch the circus. It's like having the front row seat at the best game ever. You know, just sit back and watch. And don't get carried away with the price spikes and whatever else. Just keep it simple and keep orange pilling. That's the best we can do as plebs. That's it. That's
2: it, but you know we we have we have to just be cognizant of like activity bias, right? We all think we need to be doing something because that's the fiat world. We got to be. Do- it's like no, you're doing something is learning. Just learn, learn and study. Buy it, and like you said, just sit on your hands and let Bitcoin do its work. I mean, one thing, one reason I'm uh, just back to the ETFs. I'm excited that there's so many. I mean, potentially ten or twelve, and. Uh, From what I'm hearing, they potentially could all get um, approved at the same time. Is that I would think eventually there's going to be some competition to where, you know, who's going to prove their reserves, you know, who's Mm going to eventually have some kind of redemption. I mean, can you imagine if you could hold your own key in an ETF? I mean, I don't know if that's even possible, but, you know, that's another reason why I'm bullish because I, you know, I sort of compare it to, to, Guns. It's like it's really just a tool. And you can own a gun that's fully compliant and registered and everybody knows about it, or you could file off the the serial number and keep it under your desk. And it still works as a gun. You know, some people will say, Oh, well, the only way to have it is in, you know, don't tell anyone about it and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I get that. And I all for freedom and sovereignty and all of that. But there's also something to be said for all the people that don't really care about that yet.
0: And that's the majority right now. That's yes. for sure. All right, Terence, we, we, we're just coming up to an hour. So I'm going to ask you the uh, the last question. Thank here. you so much. No yeah. problem. If you had one last orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Oh, boy, that's a great question.
2: Yeah. Um, So I would try to give it to someone in my world just because their voices mean so much. Um, and I think there's a couple of people that are really, really, really close. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's been orange-pilled yet, but I, I would love for someone like a Joe Rogan or someone that has a really big voice because that would be a game-changer for a lot of people. Um That's not as sweet as saying I want you know my aunt or someone like that who I care more about than Joe Rogan. But Joe Rogan will probably influence more people. That'll be be more important, more impact. So it's not that unique or creative an answer, but I really think that would be huge,
0: and I think that will happen soon. Mm -hmm. Do Do you know of um? I I don't. Please don't dox anybody. If uh, but if have you heard of any kind of like high profile actors? Uh, Have they ever? Yeah. There's
2: quite a few, and most of them keep very, very quiet about it. You know, Hollywood is a high, high cancel culture, and also with what happened to FTX and Tom Brady and stuff, they're they're terrified. Um, but there are ridiculously big A-level actors that um, are are very, very much into Bitcoin, um, and we talk about Bitcoin, which is fantastic. But they're terrified of telling anybody anything other than just the closest friends. They'll slip a book and whatnot. Um, but I'm hoping they will soon feel safe. As crazy as that sounds, to come forward and and they know how ridiculous that is. Some of them, um, but they also still want to continue to be hired. I mean, this is a town that, even though it's like open to all kinds of like races and sexual genders and whatnot, that not long ago was canceling people for being gay. Even if you could believe that, like they love to just cancel people. Like and there's actors back from Ellen DeGeneres and. People that had come out at times where it was, they got canceled. You know, now you can't believe it because it's the opposite of that, but they're always looking to cancel someone for something. And right now it has to do with the climate or with energy. And because people still don't get the energy thing with Bitcoin, it's like, oh, what? That thing that's tearing apart our planet and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're just repeating just misinformation.
0: DiCaprio being Um, the biggest. Uh (laughs) um, Yeah, no, I know. It's,
2: yeah, like I, yes, actually, that's a great. I wish someone like him would get Orange Peel. That's, that's a actually a great, maybe a better name than Rogan. I don't know. But I don't know if he would speak about it. Like rog- Rogan, at least, will speak his mind. Um, It needs to be someone who's not too out there, you know, because like if Alex Jones or someone gets, you know, it's like people in going to, you know, wackadoodle or, you know, so two
0: right, two left. I don't know. Well, what's going to be interesting, Terrence, is one, well, you know, give it five years when you guys are working your magic, making films, and you've got actors falling over themselves to come and be in the film, a Bitcoin film, and play pivotal roles. in And, you know, they won't be demanding ridiculously high wages. They'll be demanding, just put me in the film because I need to share yes. the message. Because it's, I've got to give back. Uh, we That's all feel how we it. Bitcoiners feel. Yeah. Yes, we all feel it at some stage. So the ones that are sitting there now on the sidelines, I guarantee you, they're feeling this urge to give back to the community because they learned from someone. They learn from a book, yeah. or they learn from a YouTube video, or they learn from a podcast. They learn from someone yes. and multiple people, and they will. One day they will come forward and it'll be the same with like big respected sports stars or uh, song writers yes. or music artists or whatever. And um, with them, they'll bring their fan base hopefully. Yes. So we just got to be yeah. ready. We got to be ready with the books in place and the podcasts in place and uh, the humility right. uh, and the tools to to teach them the correct, the correct methods. So Thank you for for stepping up and 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 writing your book and putting it out there. So proof of money is is Amazon the only place that it's available? Is it? Can anybody? It's available really else?
2: everywhere, but that's just the easiest. And if people don't want to be doxed, they you know just have it sent to them. And um, and anyone that can't afford it, just DM me. I will give me your QR code. I will send you enough sats to just pick it up yourself. I'm happy to do that. I. Don't want to make any money on this book. I won't make any money. I just want everyone to have it.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. What, uh, before we wrap it up, are there any final closing thoughts that we, we didn't touch on something else you wanted to get off your chest? No,
2: I mean, we could talk for 12 hours if we wanted to get into it, but (laughs) I also know who you are and your guests and what you're doing. And, you know, a lot of the information is there. I just, I just really appreciate it. Um, I, I've been a fan of yours ever since I learned that you were teaching your kids and how much you were involving your kids. Um, because, uh, it's kind of like, well, are adult, are adult, are, are adults smarter? Or are we just pre-programmed to not get it? Like, why are kids getting it so quickly? And that really just clicked with me. And so that's when I reached out to you and said, I would love to talk to this guy because he's teaching his kids. So he's he's doing something something right. That's fantastic.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I owe a huge amount of gratitude to the uh, the community as well that are teaching them far greater than I am. Because you know, when we get to the conferences, they all just fork off. They they find new friends <laughs> of any age. And uh yeah, they come back to me like six hours later and i've we've just been over here with this dude and he's doing this and da da da, da and we've got to go there and visit them. I'm like, yes, we do
2: <laughs> fantastic that's amazing you're 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 a wealthy man
0: that's right and it because our it's the fiat saying, our network is our net worth that's right our network is Bitcoin and that bitcoin network starts with us the people the social layer and then we can build on top of that and uh, everything else gets so much easier like you said all the noise just goes away and we can concentrate on what truly is important uh, and um i just like you i just want as many people to feel that as possible so it's work like yours that yes. is going to go a long way to um, to helping that so thank you very much man i look forward to Chatting again soon, or uh, seeing you in person one day, yeah, at one of the conferences absolutely. wherever you go.
2: Great, thank you so much, Daniel.
0: Thanks, Terence. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that rip with Terence Michael. Now get your Christmas lists ready. Get this book straight on there. Get it on there, or buy it for somebody else. This is a great book for. I would say for noobs, total entry level. You, you heard the interview, that's the kind of people that he's trying to aim it for, trying to get people just to start understanding a little bit about what's going on. And you know, you, you've heard people, You you now know people's pain points. If you've sat and listened long enough to what your friends and family are saying around the dinner table when you get together, what they're complaining about, it's usually the same old thing and especially when money's involved there's not enough they don't have enough prices are going up they can't figure it out why prices are going up they see a nonsense headline in the newspaper which they might be repeating but they know for sure they don't know they know it doesn't make sense so get a little smarter try and start matching books with the people in your life and we've got languages too. The language problem is solved if they're not native English speakers. Get over to BitcoinBook.shop. Use the code BITTON and you'll get a 10% discount on all the books there. Mine is on there. And it's in uh, Spanish too. That's called Choose Life. That's a quick shield. There you go. I did it. Uh, yeah, BitcoinBook.shop. Use the code bitten. And if you pay with Bitcoin via the Lightning Network for those purchases, you get another 10% discount. So... Get on over there, support a pleb initiative, do not buy books from Amazon anymore, you do not need to, and like I said before, match your personalities to the books and try and figure out what are the books that's gonna best resonate with your friends and family. Make sure you're stacking sats as well as we go into this next bull run. It has not started yet. This is just a little taster of what's to come, so make sure you're stacking. Swan Bitcoin are based out of the US, you can use their app, uh, HODL, HODL are a global peer-to-peer uh, KYC free trading and lending platform, so get over there, hit this, hit that link in the show notes and you'll save on commissions when you sign up and create an account. Relay are based in Europe and you can download the app, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H, use the code BIT and you'll save on commissions there as well, and you can be stacking with under a minute or two of setting up up to a thousand Swiss or equivalent per day. So get there, get going. And Swan and Relay have white glove services so you can get your high net worth individual friends, your family, your businesses onto a Bitcoin standard too. Use Wasabi Wallet for a coin join service, wasabiwallet.io. Get over there, check that out and learn about it. And then use Bitbox O2 for your cold storage solutions mempool.space is the place to go to up your knowledge of what's going on in the mempool check the transaction fees before you make any on-chain transactions thank you for listening i'll catch you on the next show